0: Hey everybody, welcome to the you We're Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Gilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts twenty nine, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church.
1: Mary. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Where John. are we? Well, you know, I ask myself that question almost every morning when I wake up and we're traveling on the road, like, where am I? But today we're back in our own office, back in our own digs. We're back in
0: Michigan, thanks be to God. Yeah. We just came back from a spectacular week. Uh, so uh, if you follow the podcast, you know that we did a Rescue Live event for the, uh, the city of Atlanta. And then this past week we were really blessed and privileged to be with close to 100 of the priests from the Archdiocese of Atlanta. The Archbishop was there for a little bit. A number of the other bishops as well, including one of my classmates, Bishop Ned. It was just an amazing time. We just love, 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 love the guys there. What an amazingly diverse presbyterate.
1: And you know, Father John, I remember we asked our friends who listened to us every week to pray for for that retreat and um so the grace has flowed from your 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 prayer so thank you so much for covering the priest yeah please do and please
0: and please continue to keep us in prayer we are we're home for a couple of days and that's about it i'm heading to detroit uh, or up north in michigan for the detroit deacons and their wives convocation this coming weekend and you and i and albert we're going to be in um chicago Chicago next monday And then it just keeps going from there. So please uh, continue to pray for traveling mercies for us, and uh, and count on our prayers for all of you. And I can't wait. You know, the last couple of podcasts have been challenging because uh, Jesus's tone has been
1: dire. It's been a command. Yeah, you know, right. like
0: everything's at stake, right? right. This right, right, this, this really stark, stern warning to make sure that we're. Not being stingy with the forgiveness that we've received, but boy, the readings this week and especially this first reading, maybe it's just where I am right now, but it's bomb for my soul. I just need to be there. So what's our topic?
1: So our topic is an invitation we should not refuse.
0: We should not refuse, which means we can, but that would be stupid. So please don't do that. So let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, we just thank you for the grace that it is uh, to have received your word and to be able to to know who you are because of it. You have revealed yourself to us most fully in your son, in his life, his death, and resurrection, but you also make known to us, you unveil for us your heart, and your mind, and your character, through the scriptures, and most especially perhaps through the prophets. So we just ask right now that, we would be attentive to how it is you desire to speak to us. Help us not only to hear what you want to say, but to hear the tone of voice with which you say it. To know again and again that you are a good father. That so many of the things that we project onto you are simply wrong. So bless this conversation. May it bring encouragement, comfort, transformation, renewal to those who are listening who need it most. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. All right, well, take us away, huh? First reading is Isaiah chapter 55. and yeah, uh, verses 6 through word. 9.
1: So seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God who is generous and forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts.
0: Yeah, you know what? Do me a favor. I I just want to hear that again, and I think... (laughs) Yeah, read read it one more time. Just let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come and to let this the, the image as you were reading it's like, oh, this is just too good. Like I need to get this massaged into my mind and my heart. So just let's 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 listen one more time, asking the Holy Spirit just to come and help us to hang on to those words or those phrases uh, that the Lord just wants us very personally to hear.
1: Okay. So again, this is Isaiah chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God who is generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my way, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts.
0: Yeah, you know, I asked you to do that because even as, you know, we've been praying with this and, and talking back and forth about what the Lord wants us to say, but the, the line that just like leapt off the page as I'm reading this with you as you're proclaiming it is, um, to our God who is generous in forgiving, so just like just like last week, there was a really clear connection between the first reading, God warning us through Sirach not to cling to our wrath and anger and our unforgiveness and the gospel, which is all about the, the absolute imperative to forgive, right? So there's a really strong connection this week between the first reading, this, these words from Isaiah, and the gospel, which is this parable that Jesus tells about the the landowner who's continually going out, bringing people into his vineyard, even at the last hour. And this this expression that God is generous in forgiving. (laughs) Do you know anybody who's generous in forgiving? Because I don't know that I do other than God. Most of us, I think if we're honest, most of us are really stingy and forgiving.
1: No, we parse it out.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we're very,
1: we're we're very selective. I I think sometimes we're more generous. Here's the reality, right? At least I am more generous with those that I love. I'm less generous. This is just me. I don't know if this is what you're getting at, Father John, but I'm less generous with those that I'm challenged by.
0: Yeah, and and God knows and loves everybody. Everybody. And he's challenged, you could say, I think by everybody because we're all disobedient, right? No one is... No one is just, no one, not one, Scripture tells us, right? We're all ungodly. And yet God, who should be the one that we all love, adore, worship, praise, thank, loves to forgive. God loves, just hear that. That's the the message this week. God loves to forgive. And so, you know, last week, again, was a stern warning. This week is so comforting because now it's just his his encouragement. I'm not like you. You you ration out the way you love and the way you forgive and the way you show mercy. I don't, I'm not like that at all.
1: Blessed be he. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But that's that's the focal right. point,
0: right? And right. so he's just begging us like, run to me. Like I'm here. In fact, I'm going to run to you. You just got to, you don't even have to meet me. You just have to let me like scoop you up. But you, you have to do something. You got to respond, right? But the the initiative is always God's and God has not only created us, but he's, he's coming to us and running to us and saying, come back, come back, come back. Like don't let your past define you. And what an amazingly comforting word this is for us.
1: Right. And I think sometimes too, you know, just that last comment that you made, you know, don't let your sins define you. We can get so stuck um, in our past sins and we start, I mean, then it becomes like part of our identity. Like we can't get past that, but scriptures replete with men and women who got past, Mm -hmm. right? All that, all their sins, all their struggles, all their failings. Yeah. And therein is our hope.
0: You you know, I'm remembering uh, immediately, there's only been like two or three comments that people have said to me, that sounds pretty bad, but- Uh, in 27 years of being a priest that have just like dug into my heart. And one of them came maybe a year and a half after I was ordained. And I'll never forget this. This guy, I I know I've told you this, but a guy, uh, he wrote me a letter one time. And I knew him, I knew his wife, really good family. But his, his letter to me was something like, it wasn't something like, it was this. It says, you make faith sound like a Nike commercial. In other words, just do it. And he put next, he says, do you have any idea what it's like for people who are sitting there in the pews like me, who are afraid I'm not good enough? And I wanted to tell him, yeah, I know exactly what that feels like. That's me.
1: That's right. That's 99%. but, but But it was a
0: big lesson for me because I realized I need to make sure I communicate that that I'm not up here as like the master and teacher. There's only one teacher and only one Lord. We're all brothers and sisters. I'm there as a, you know, when I'm preaching as a witness to what God's done in my life and also as someone who's trying to break open what the Lord wants to say to us in the scriptures. But I think this word this week is such a timely word for those of us who are afraid. You know, we hear all these things about how much God loves and he loves to forgive, but that can't mean me. It, that's got to be for people who've done like little things. you don't know what I've done. you don't know the significance of my sin the the willfulness of my sin the 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 just downright um objective wrongness of the choices that I've made and I think the Lord wants to say to those people who are listening to us who are afraid of that that's not true. I know everything you've done, and my mercy is for everything you know when he when isaiah or when God says through Isaiah, let the scoundrel forsake his way. That, that Hebrew word, we can translate that as let the wicked forsake his way or the guilty forsake his way. The ungodly forsake his way. This is great news, people, right? Because we, we're living in this cancel culture, which is, which is chewing people up and throwing them out, right? We just discard people left and right. You know, we find out something about someone's life and then we just vilify them and then they're gone. They're like, they're forever that way. That's how we characterize them, forever. God doesn't do that.
1: No, in fact, it's the inverse. He's attracted to us.
0: Ooh, say that again. That's huge. I,
1: I think it, it's the inverse. I think it's God is attracted to us, so so the culture might be repelled by us and want to hold us at arm's distance. But the Father's not like that. It's it's in our weakness, it's in our need, it's in our helplessness that God is most attracted to us. You know, it's a shot, a, a thought that I've shared with you and and a set of others over the last four years. But you know, you know that I just I'm an animal lover. I I love animals. I love to rescue animals and. You know when you when you see like a when you go to a shelter and you see a dog that has a limp or a scar or is wounded in some way they're often the dogs or the little kitties that get adopted first mm. we're attracted to that one cuz it has great need and i thought gosh if a human being is attracted to a pet you know an animal that is broken and wounded and has need how much more does is the father mm. the creator of all that is we who are made in his image and likeness is he attracted to us and wants to call us to himself and restore us to our original beauty i
0: love that and and and, and the reality right is that we're all massively in need. Some of us are just afraid to show it because we're afraid that it will repel God. Mm -hmm. But in fact, just like you say, it actually is the means by which he's attracted, right? I I think it's uh, Mary caucus in his commentary in Matthew, he talks about how, um, just like water rushes to the lowest place. So God's mercy rushes to the person who's most in need. That's that's what the scriptures are revealing to us uh, this week. This is just extraordinary it's so news for people, you know, and so we might be tempted to think, well, I think that's just Father John and Mary just, you know, projecting something onto the scriptures. Let me just give you th- three quick examples. Moses, David, and Paul. Right. Kind of good guys, right? I mean, they did pretty pretty remarkable things. I, I don't mean so much good guys. they were They were men God used to do unbelievable things. things, right? Moses is chosen to lead the people out of, Slavery in Egypt. Um, David is, you know, the one to whom Jesus is constantly referred as the son of David. He's the king. And Paul is Paul, the the apostle, right? They all committed murder. Just linger with that. They all committed murder. And look what God was able to do through them. God's cancel culture is so different. He obliterates our sin. Our culture obliterates people. And the Lord's saying, I'm not like that. I don't think like you. I don't will like you. I don't forgive like you. I don't love like you. I need you to love like me. That's why I give you myself in the Eucharist in a special way. But right now, the focus is just just sit still and let me love you.
1: And if we need a woman to look at, who do we look at other than Magdalene? Oh, goodness, yeah. Right, right, right. right. Seven demons. Seven demons. And the Lord chose her (laughs) to be the apostle to the apostles. Right? He does does not choose the way we choose. Like if you're interviewing a candidate for a position, right? Hmm. It's our very, gosh, it's, he can... You can just do extraordinary things with our lives, Father John.
0: Amen. Just, you know what? Oh I, share share with everyone this, mm. this beautiful image that the Lord gave you in prayer as you were praying with the scriptures from which this episode gets its title, if you wouldn't mind, mm, please. I found it so moving.
1: Yeah. I, I would love to, you know, as I was praying with this reading, I, I just had an image of my mind of like going to my mailbox on the front porch and pulling out an invitation. So... Think of a birthday party or a graduation party or a shower, a baby shower or a wedding shower. And I felt like as I, felt like as I unpacked this chapter, I was opening an invitation uh, from the Lord. And and it was for everyone who was invited. It was like, who is this for? And it was for the thirsty. And it was those who are desirous of not just life, but abundant life. And then, you know, like down at the, at the bottom of like an invitation, you see like a deadline for an RSVP. Mm, Yeah. There's a deadline in this invitation. And the deadline or the RSVP date comes in the form of these words, while he is still near. And so I started to pray about, okay, it's an invitation to what? If I'm the thirsty And if I'm the one desirous for abundant life, what am I? What's He inviting me to do? So through the prophet Isaiah, God is inviting me to seek, uh, to call, and to turn. Hmm. And then I said, "Okay, Lord, like, like, what does that mean then?" I just felt like the Lord said, "Mary, that just means to pray." And then to pray for what? And the Lord said, "To pray for freedom." for liberty, for restoration, for for mercy, my mercy, which is inexhaustible, my goodness, my forgiveness, Mary, my pardon. And then it came to me like when I'm praying that intentionally and that earnestly, it's difficult to remain in my sin because God is calling me to something else so I can't stay stuck in that sin if I, in my heart, I'm seeking, I'm calling, and I'm turning. And then I was praying with, you know, the whole idea of that RSVP date, you know, the deadline, while he is still near. Meaning what? Well, it means like while there's still breath in my lungs. Like while I'm still here, like why I'm still alive, why I, while I'm still able, while there's still grace, and while there's still time. And the reality is, you know, the Lord can call us to himself at, at any moment. And You know, we're all supposed to, like, like, we're all supposed to, like, live each day, right? Father John, as if it's our last. And so there was an urgency to, re, to responding, I guess, to this invitation um, that I was opening I this. up this morning. I just, I, I, yeah.
0: I, I love this. And then, and then you shared with me, share real quick. What's the quote from Chesterton? As yeah, to why so he get a load Catholic? of this.
1: So I came across this not too long ago. G.K. Chesterton, as we know, we're all a big fan of, of him and his life and his writings, and, and he was asked once um, why it was he became Catholic, and here's what he said: Father John, he said to have my sins forgiven. So he came into the church because he recognized the gift that is the sacrament of reconciliation. Yeah. The sacrament of penance. And and we have that at our disposal all the time. And yet, here's the reality. There's a statistic and 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 tell me if I if I'm wrong, something like 45% of Catholics never ever go to confession.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Like like we have this amazing sacrament of mercy before us, and we don't and and we don't take advantage of it. And I was talking with um a couple priests not too long ago just about how, you know, the church, um, which I'm sure wasn't a revelation to them, but it's always spoken to me that the sacrament of confession is something like a second baptism mm-hmm. that always refers back to the first baptism. Right. And penance just strengthens and renews that. And that's kind of the that's not kind of that is the mindset that I go into confession. Yeah. In uh, well.
0: No, I, I I love this. My like as as I'm listening to you, I just want to like scream to people who are who are afraid of all this because scream in a pleasant tone. Because um, I think the here's how I read the invitation. The invitation is God saying you you really can not start again. We're so deathly afraid we can't do it that we can't begin all over again because I'm defined by my past. And it's, 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 it's what I do. I've always been this way. I'm always going to be this way. This is just me. And those are all lies from hell. And God's going, no, 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 You really can begin again. St. Teresa of Avila supposedly used Mm -hmm. to stand outside the confessional in her um, Carmelite monastery and, and, greet people as they would leave the confessional and place her hand on their shoulders and look them in the eye and say, begin again. And as you're telling this, I'm thinking of a story. I, I shared this. I preached in this set of years ago. You know, we did, we would do these penance services. This is the image I, I want to give people. So you got this image of the mailbox and the letter coming. And I love that. This is the image the Lord's given me is um, we were doing a penance service and we would do it in such a way that the parents would bring their children to us for their first confession, and then the kids would go off to pr- or the parents would go off to pray. But they really weren't praying. They were watching their kids going to confession for the first time, and they would often cry, right? Because I don't know if it was because I can't believe my kid's old enough to be going to confession, or I actually think they were crying because, based on the statistic you just shared, they either had never gone to confession or it had been years, and they were looking at their child with this holy holy jealousy of, I want to be there. Like I want to experience that mercy, but I'm afraid to. So anyway, this one uh, little child was going to confession and, you know, like kids' confessions are always the same. You know, this isn't breaking the seal. They're more or less like, I didn't brush my teeth. I fought with my brothers and sisters and I just obeyed my parents. Like they're in the top three of every kid's (laughs) 10 confessions. So this child uh, had written down um, their confession and uh, afterwards, I just asked them, I said, can I have that? And they said, yes. And I'm using that pronoun because I don't want to reveal what, whether it was a boy or a girl. And so they gave it to me and I tore it up. And as I tore, I mean, it was a, it was a child's confession, right? As I tore it up, the child just began to weep. And I stopped. I said, why are you crying? And they said, because you're tearing up my sin. And they were, and they just began to smile. So I sh- I shared that story at mass, sometime relatively soon after that. And then we st- we were hearing confessions. This was during the Year of Mercy. We were hearing confessions, and we we, we reserved confession times for. For those who don't go to confession, right? So we told those people, those of you who go regularly to confession, like give your brothers and sisters the gift of not going right now because if someone's not gone to confession ever and they walk in, they see a big line, that's going to be the way that the enemy's going to play on them to say, I'm not waiting for that, and they go home. So this person walks in, and it had been many, 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 many decades since they'd been to confession. And I asked them afterwards, I says, why did you come? And they said, I was at Mass last week, and I heard the story you told. And I want to see my sin ripped up.
1: It's the cry of every human heart. (gasps) That that, that was Chesterton.
0: That was this person. That's what God's inviting some of us to right now. You want a practical takeaway? Here's the practical takeaway. Statistically, there are many of us listening who have never gone to confession, or we haven't really gone in years. And we're afraid and God's wanting us to see his face and to hear his tone of voice and say, you don't have anything to be afraid of. I know everything anyway. I'm not going to yell at you. I don't cancel you. I, what I want to do is give you freedom because I am generous and forgiving. Mm-hmm. And maybe even for those of us who, who go regularly, maybe this is a good time to consider doing something that's called a general confession where we come in and we just sit down and we, we allow ourselves just to be like, overwhelmed by the pages and pages not one page pages of sins that he's forgiven us so that one we can continue to come to know his great love and then as we are more and more conformed to his heart we can then extend that love to others what a what a comforting word thanks be to god for for the scriptures right the scriptures amen, are amen. healing and transforming and renewing amen, and hopeful amen. And brothers and sisters, this is true. Like this is, this is God's word. He doesn't lie. He really is generous and forgiving. He really does say to us, his ways are not our ways. He really does say like the, the the scoundrel and the wicked person can turn around. Like you and I can begin again. We can leave behind those things that have just been weighing us down for so long and silence the lies from hell that we are defined by our pasts. And because all, All of this is true. Do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.